Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you. One more hour to go. If you missed the first hour, Les Schwab Tires podcast, 1080TheFan.com, Radio.com app is where you can find that. We talked Wilder versus Fury a bit. We talked the NFL CBA situation as well. And uh, let's get a little bit into the NBA All-Star game because we were here on Sunday last week, the day of the All-Star game. We did not uh, have a chance to talk about it. Remember, the new format this year was very confusing. They had three quarters that reset the score and they played them for charity. And then in the fourth quarter, they added all the scores together and then added 24 to it, and the team who got to that point total, which wound up being 157, first won 24-4, of course, Kobe Bryant. And um, first three quarters, about as expected, right? Kind of low-key, a lot of alley-oops, a lot of open threes, not a lot of defense, just kind of playing. It's all-star game. And all of a sudden, the fourth quarter happened, and it was like an NBA Finals game broke out. (laughs) And they really tried, and people were taking charges, and they were arguing fouls, and there was a coach's challenge, and there was diving for balls. I mean, it was, it was as if the game mattered more than any other game they'd ever played. And that was really cool because in, in the end, at the end of the day, when you watch an all-star game, you want to see the best of the best go at it at full force. And we've lost that in all sports for the most part. And it was kind of cool to see that again, especially in the NBA. Like for a long time, the the all-star game was, and I talked about this last week, it it was like my favorite event, you know, from the dunk contest, the three point contest, all that stuff was super cool. Like I, they used to have like a back to school, jam session that they used to do on like NBC and stuff like that. And that's where Kobe rapped for the first time or probably hope the only time Kobe was rapping, but uh, man, like, so fast forward and then it just kind of got really mundane. You got used to a bunch of guys just jacking up a bunch of threes or getting wide open dunks in the lane. It was like, we're not even trying to, to play anymore. Of course, towards the end of the game, you see which side wants to win and everything, but 
that was like, ah, oh, this is this is hella boring. So this is the first time in a long time where it was like, okay, this is at first I wasn't I wasn't sure about the rules. I don't like a lot of change like that as far as man completely changing rules. I think sometimes that can be a little bit dangerous. But if it works, then man, hell, there's nothing to complain about. And the first three games are, you know, mini games. They look like typical all-star weekend. You know, here's some alley oops and every three is being knocked down, you know, there's you know, so it's it's fun for the fans and the kids and everything to see all the but then that fourth quarter took place and it was like, all right, man, let's go ahead and go out here and just and 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 really ball out. Like I wish they just did all quarters like the fourth quarter. Let's make them like four pickup games. Do that. I would much rather see that, man. Like let's do this for the all star game. Man, let's just every have, quarter you need to get to a certain point total. Absolutely, or, or man, just yeah, we'll just play to twenty one or play to twenty four. You know, for for Kobe and everything. Let's just let's just do that, and then see who wins at at the end of the game, or see how many sides can win. All of a sudden, then now it's like a big pickup game. I would much rather see something like that because the fourth quarter was awesome, and I think it was the best. Again, they get more competitive around the fourth quarter, but this was the first time that was like, okay, they're actually hooping. And they're actually getting mad about fouls, and it's getting kind of it got kind of chippy at a point and stuff like that. It's like, okay, this is basketball. This is what I want to see. It's hard to see guys go full bore in an All Star game because I think everybody's thinking the same thing, man. We don't want to get hurt, don't want to over, especially for the NBA All Star game, Major League Baseball, because it's in the middle of the season. You know, hockey, it's in the middle of the season. So of course you're thinking about you want to play well, but you're thinking about your own team and still being of use to them after this weekend or this week is over. In football, All-Star games at the end of the year. So, and really, if you're in the Super Bowl, then you're not playing in that joint anyway. So you, you got a bunch of uh, guys that aren't going to be playing the championship game. So at least they can kind of go harder. But even still, they're like, that's the ultimate flag football game is the NFL. So nobody's blocking. Nobody's blocking. And I think up. if they just made some subtle changes, maybe like the NBA did, you might be able to see a more competitive game maybe take the number of snaps away that guys are able to play some there's some ways that you can put it in there to where maybe maybe it means more having more pro bowlers so they can play less snaps and that way guys get less hurt or you know i think there's ways to do it but this all-star game if anything david stern just continues to knock it out the park david stern excuse me excuse me forgive me mr stern adam silver r.i.p 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 yes 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 adam silver continues to knock it out the park i know right already adam silver continues to knock it out the park as a commissioner you know, just he's not afraid to make changes and he's not afraid to step in and say, this hasn't been working as well as we want it to. Let's see what we can do to switch it up a little bit. And you got to take your hat off because it ended up being a, a great game at the end. I'm not sure football will ever get to that point because the risk of injury is so high when you're playing actual football that I'm not sure even if they make things a different benefit or even if they, you know, change the snap count or whatever. I don't think the players are going to take that as seriously as some of the other all-star games. The only thing I didn't like about the NBA All-Star game and the way it ended is that it ended on a free throw. That was kind of lame. Yeah. Um, and, of course, if you have a point target total, and as you get to the end of a game, of course, there's more free throws, I feel like that's probably more likely to happen. Maybe you can just say a rule that it can't end on a free throw. So any foul, there's just no free throw shots. They just get the ball back. Something like that. Yeah, I, I thought just, that was Just because weird. that's like, that's super anticlimactic, you know? Yeah, and for the win, uh, game's over. It's like, oh, come on, really? That's how we... Everybody just walked off the court. It was kind of like, oh. It was funny. He missed the first one that would have won it. It was like, ooh, the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah, but we knew he wasn't going to miss two all of a sudden. But, man, it was overall, it, it was a great night. Uh, I think it's still really hard for me to watch Kobe tributes and stuff like that. Like, it's 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 one of the things, like, I don't know. It's it's a, uh, it's hard to even think about. Like, tomorrow he's having his, uh, you know, big memorial 
on uh, I want to say it's on BET and some other stuff. So um, you know that's going to be a, a huge event. But it was kind of it was kind of surreal just to see the whole like the whole weekend was basically dedicated to Kobe. You know, and in every way, and it was kind of tough to see. But at the same time, man, it was a super super. Uh, I thought it was a great game, great way to end the weekend. Uh, outside of Dame not being able to play, like the All Star game was you know was as good as I remember it being. I just. It's it's an overarching thing that I feel about all-star games, but it's an exhibition and you have to understand that in, in an exhibition game, people don't try as hard. There's not really anything on the line. And I mean, what was on the line in this game was money for a charity. So that is something, but not every player is going to play as hard for that as if they would play for their own personal gain. No. Right. So as much as like this is a really good sign and it's going to be if they keep following this trend, the all-star game will likely be more fun in the NBA. I'm not sure that generally we're going to ever get to a point where the all-star game is must watch television for any sport because it's just an exhibition. And I think that's a very just basic thought about it. But I used to love the MLB all-star game, but I love the comp the, the side competitions like the home run derby and stuff like that. And it's the same with the NBA. I love the dunk contest. I like the three point contest. I never really cared about the game. And I just think a lot of people probably fall in the same boat that I do where it's well, okay. It's a break from watching regular season basketball. It's cool to see all the players together, but what am I watching this for? Yeah. So there's only so much you can do. And I think anything you can do that the NBA did like what the NBA did is beneficial because it means I'm talking about it. And I'm thinking about it more but I'm not sure you'll ever get any of these to a point where it becomes absolute must watch for every single. And here's where that, here's why that frustrates me. It's especially for the NBA. We've been seeing, you know, the, the, the power of the internet and social media, we've been seeing these guys go to certain gyms and stuff over the summer and working on their game and hooping them. They have no problem going full bore at these places, you know, at these open gyms and these open runs and stuff like that. They have no problem going there and playing a complete game sort of remember Devin Booker got all mad because somebody was playing defense on him too hard or something well they were they were trapping and stuff like that it's like okay you guys are y'all are you're trapping me and and pick up basketball like come on like I I understand I understood where Devin Booker was coming from it's like bro are we we're we're not nobody's getting a contract out here you know you think you play defense on me you're going to get a contract or it was one of those things they were really trying to make a point on Devin Booker and make sure he doesn't shoot but to, to their to really their point Man, you're gonna leave Devin Booker open in open gym? No, man, he can shoot from everywhere. So yes, we're double teaming, we're trapping, we're hedging, we're doing all type of stuff, man. We're gonna make sure that you don't score in here in this open gym. But you see these guys that have no problem going full bore from Westbrook to LeBron to we've seen them all, you know. And so why do we get to the NBA All Star game? It's like uh, let's just kind of john up the court and like now we don't want to kind of take it seriously. And you know, I felt like they can put some certain incentives into maybe what they're making from the game to make it more competitive and maybe some defensive incentives, man. Keep them from under 50 points in the first quarter and get this donated to charity. Okay, man, that all of a sudden, now we know we can't get, let them get 50. You know, first team to 50, you know, basically loses or whatever. So it's they could have did some things to kind of ramp up defensive intensity, man. Whoever gets the most amount of dunks in the, uh, in the game or in, by the first half will get this donated from Kia. Like there were so many things you could have done. I'm glad they the changes they made worked because that was my big worry. But hopefully in the future that we'll see more of this and we'll see it get more and more competitive as time kind of progresses. Let's take a break. Coming up next, maybe the best story surrounding hockey I've ever seen.
This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Have you ever seen in a sport, and maybe you have, I don't remember off the top of my head, my memory at the moment, not super great, a non-athlete, a non-professional athlete play in a professional game as a backup who the day before was not a professional athlete and then win. Have you ever seen that? Or, or do you know anything like that? Uh, Not in real, a professional wrestling, not in real life though, no. So the Carolina Hurricanes yesterday in their game against the Maple Leafs lost both their starting and their backup goaltender to injury in the middle of the game. I believe they were winning three to one when both the goalies got hurt. So their emergency goalkeeper was a 42-year-old named Dave Ayers. Dave Ayers' job is he drives the Zamboni for a minor league hockey team. And he came in in the middle of that game, and the Hurricanes won 6-3. to three. So he gave up two goals. What a, what a bum. But a 42-year-old Zamboni driver came in as the emergency backup goalie and won in a professional regular season game. He is a Zamboni driver and arena maintenance worker for the Maple Leafs AHL affiliate, the Toronto Marlies. He's been the practice goaltender for the Marlies and has appeared at Maple Leafs practice and skill sessions this season. So I guess this game was in Toronto, so that's why he was there. Um, as the as the emergency goalie, he was available to either team if needed. He wasn't even a hurricane, and he beat his own team, basically. <laughs> that's that's pretty badass. Like, like, I mean, all he is is a practice goaltender. He's a Zamboni and arena maintenance guy. He doesn't, he probably used to play goalie, but oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, and if he's an emergency goalie, so that means you got to be pretty okay, at least in the practices and stuff like that. You got to be pretty okay for them to know, like, they didn't just pick a random guy, you know, and he stopped eight of the 10 shots that, that, you know, went at him last night. So that's pretty impressive. Again, he gave up two goals, but damn, you stopped eight of them and you guys still won. Uh, six to three, and you were up, I believe, three one or two one when he came into the game. I, for the life of me, I can't think of anything similar. Of of and really, because in professional sports, it'll this doesn't happen. Like if you're you can play for the G League, right, and be in an NBA game, and they lose all three point guards, all four point guards the team has, and nobody's ever gonna turn and say, okay, you know, Chesterfield, you're up. Go put on a go put on a Lakers jersey and get out there. Like that's. That's never going to happen, you know, in the middle of a game. So it's pretty cool. Number one, that's one of the cool things about hockey. You know, hockey is just kind of, you know, that's a very Canadian thing to do. It's like, man, do you want to play? Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Go throw some stuff on, man. Get out there. We need you. Like, that's that's pretty dope. Some other notes uh, about this. He was the number one star in the game at the end. So at the end of every hockey game, there's star, uh, star number three, number two, number one. And number one is like the best player in that game. He was the number one star. Uh, you want to guess how much he got paid for the game? Uh, his salary is probably what, $17 an hour. He got paid 500 bucks flat 
and uh, he gets to keep his game worn jersey. <laughs> you not tell me that that's coming home with me yeah. regardless you can't it's just, I, it's just funny because it's like I mean, what does the money matter at that point you're just doing this because you're an emergency goalie but it's like hey you got 500 bucks okay. no and also think of what you just may have done for yourself like i mean even for your minor league team and everything like you remember just, he wasn't a, he wasn't a goalie on the minor league team he's just the sam bunny driver he well, was just a practice goalie well, now, now he's probably going to get some offers to be an actual he's, goalie. He's 42, Rashad. That's, he's not going to get offers. Well, he's not playing forward. You know what I'm saying? He's not. He's, he's, you know, he's playing goalie. So he could, it wouldn't shock me. He stopped eight of 10 goals last night in a professional hockey game. I'm pretty sure he could, you know, play goalie for a couple games for somebody as the backup's backup. I think he can do that third string. This is a quote from him. He goes, one of the guys said to me, just have fun. We don't care if you let 10 goals in. That's what settled me down, and it was great. That's probably the best thing to say, right? You go in there, you're like, "Oh my god, I'm playing against not not only not only are you playing in, in, in a national hockey game, you're playing against the most storied one of the most storied franchises in National Hockey League in Toronto, and it's like, oh my god, I have to go in there and I, I got to go ahead and and figure out what I'm doing in this game. And I think Toronto's having a, a struggling kind of year this year. I'm checking the standings now. Just I'm, I follow hockey, but not super closely. Um, I don't necessarily think Toronto's like in first place. Oh, they're okay. They're in third. Oh, so okay. They're they're a good team. Um, you're going up against a good team who's well regarded as one of the most famous teams of all time. And like, ah, just we don't care if you let in ten goals. Just please play. Just let us play the game. That's that's a great thing to say. No, good job on that player. How dope would that be though? Just imagine you're selling you're selling hot dogs at a Yankee game or something like that. And they're like, uh, uh, Lynch, we need a you. Can you bat? Can you catch? Yeah, like come come on up here and go. I in high school. Well, give it a try. Good enough, man. Go put on a jersey and get we, out there. We don't care if you let 100 pass balls go. We you just know, need somebody back there. We, we got a message here that says, you mean like Kurt Warner? I mean. Bagging groceries. Bagging groceries one week and starting in the NFL the next one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It it can, again, it, it's so small that you can think of the the one guy that that could actually, you know, happen for. And it was Kurt Warner. Like, I'm trying to think of anybody for the NBA or anybody that's just really stepped in. And, you know, especially like the only guy I could think of uh, is Jeremy Lin. You know, G League guy or D League at that point guy and came out of nowhere after people got hurt and skyrocketed for like nine games, seven, eight, nine games, whatever the case is. But that, you know, he wasn't selling merchandise outside or he wasn't, you know, putting the court together before the game. So I, that's that's crazy. And what a how dope are you like how how much fun did you have later that night? Because, you know, you got to hang out with the players and do that whole thing. You're 42, so you probably don't drink the way you used to or probably can't drink the way you used to at this point. So, man, that night, last night had to be, as the kids say, lit. <laughs> Litty? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't say it, but, I mean, that's what the kids say. Well, you say. just said it. So. Well, I mean, I, but I said it because the kids say it. It's like the it's like the, the meme. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you this evening? No, so, I uh, mean, what a, what a great night for him. And you got to wonder, like, is there another team that may be short of goalie right now that's like, no. Uh-huh. No. It worked for them. No. Do Just not. Saying. It's not going to happen. Dude. I'm not saying it will. He's but going I'm back to driving the Zamboni and being arena maintenance for the Toronto Marlies. But, and he's going to have this memory for the rest of his life. And I'm sure he will in any – because he was the backup, the emergency goaltender, I'm sure in games that are played in Toronto, he will have that opportunity again. But how likely is it that every goaltender on one team gets hurt in like two periods? Not very likely. So. No, not at all. But he didn't lose the game for him. Like he could have – you know, uh, we got a text with his that eighty percent of the goals is not a great percentage. Well, you won six to three, so kinda. You yeah, know, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's not a great percentage, but it's also a really small sample size. It's so. exactly, you know. So I mean, it's it's kind of kind of one of those things, man. Like 
for him to step in the game as especially as not a professional and still do what he did that's that's pretty damn impressive you put me in the nba game right now i can i'm gonna score three points the uh the best save percentage right now is the arizona goalkeeper 929 save percentage it's pretty uh, it's pretty pretty legit and i just the average seems to be around nine nine twenty ish. So, um, anyway, the one thing I thought of was the closest that we get to this in sports is in baseball, and what we get is we get the position player pitching in a blowout, where you just have like the center fielder comes in and throws like fifty eight mile an hour cheese up there and just tries to save some bullpen arms, and then you also I, I actually haven't seen this maybe once in in baseball is that a player on the team is the emergency catcher because you normally only have two catchers, starter, backup, that's it. Um, And then there's a guy who is on the team who is a player who has caught in his past and will, in an emergency situation, put on the gear and go back there and catch. Um, They always talk about it when the main catcher gets hurt and the backup comes in. They go, okay, well, if this person gets hurt, this is who the emergency catcher is. That's the only sport where you see this. But it's still not to that level because the players who are doing that are the professionals on the team. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's a it's a hitter and a fielder who's pitching in that position player pitching situation. It's still somebody from the team. Yeah, it's still a professional baseball player. And a, the emergency catcher is still a professional baseball player for the team. This guy is is not. And that's what makes it so special. So that's But that's the closest I can get to it, I think. No, yeah, I mean, I can think of, like, you know, guys like, you know, Billy Crystal for his 60th birthday wanted to play for the Yankees, and he did that. And Will Ferrell doing his little nine-game, you know, uh, little tour for for baseball and stuff like that. Like, that was pretty cool. But, no, like, how many times do you see, like, an actual a guy who's not on any team but just there to be there to be used uh, be able to step in and, and do something like that? Like, it's 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 pretty awesome. And that's, a, that's not just a great moment in hockey. That's a great moment in sports. Like, because if he came in and he, you know, got 10 goals scored out of him with 10 shots, then – Man, yeah, we, we're having a much different conversation what, about this. If it was you, what what would you best be able to do? What would I best be able in to sports, do? In sports, not hockey, just in sports. Um, where, where would you most fit in and not stand out like a sore thumb? Or would you stand out like a sore thumb no matter where you were? Oh, man. Uh, probably. Could you go play like the three in the NBA? No. <laughs> the three is the most athletic, most athletic position on the floor. So absolutely not, not at this point. Although I did grab the rim a few times uh, the other day at, at my job. I know, right? Grabbing Pre- it, pretty easy. I did, there was no ball, so I couldn't dunk. But I just jumped up a couple times, one hand, two hands. So I can still jump a little bit. All so right. that's good, even with all this extra weight on me. But I don't know. I, w- I would say, I would say maybe like I could play two snaps of D line. That's about it. But you wouldn't that's, get anywhere. I, w- I could. No, probably not. The blocker would just pancake you. I mean, like as far as the NBA, I'm not quick enough to to anymore to be able to play in the NBA. That's for sure. I'm talking just actual. Yeah, I can get out there for two plays and do something like NBA. I'm not running back and forth like that three, four times up the court and my lungs are burning and it's a wrap for me. But end up like probably somewhere on the on the D line, probably like D end or something like that. Then I could probably play two, maybe three snaps, and then that's it. Then I need I need a nice bath. <laughs> I will say, because I'm a baseball guy, right? And I played baseball. That was my sport. There's no earthly chance I could do that at the major league level. Oh my! Can you go catch? No, no. I had, I have the story of when I was we were we were training. We were doing tryouts for I think it was my my junior year. 
sophomore, no, it was my sophomore year in, in high school. And we were in the gym, and for whatever reason, the coach put me with the senior pitchers. And I, I, I mean, I was a sophomore. I wasn't a great catcher yet. I was just trying to make the team. Right. And this dude knew that I was a sophomore, and he threw his heat. I could not catch the ball. I couldn't even see the ball. And he was throwing like 80. Right? Trying to prove a point to the sophomore. You don't belong here. Exactly. That's how it was. And he was throwing like 80 or something. And I mean, he was overthrowing it and he was throwing it really high. So some of it was him. But I mean, it was really hard to see the ball considering I was going from like these guys throwing 65, 70 at my freshman team the year before to now this guy's throwing 80, 85. Oh, okay. So what? I'm supposed to go catching a hundred mile an hour fastball. There's no, no chance. Yeah, no, it's a baseball is that one sport anyway. Like it's the toughest one to play by far baseball, golf, and then you can throw everything else in after that just because the hand-eye coordination you have to have, being able to catch balls that are coming at you that fast, like there's a lot to, to think about in baseball, and you have that much time to think about it, you know, when you're out there. So baseball I wasn't even considering because I already know the answer to that. Basketball I definitely can't consider anymore just because, I mean, I'm 6'3", but I'm, I'm basically a point guard in, in the NBA at this point, just considering, you know, most other point guards 6'4", 6'2". I you know, think I think if I were to pick one for myself, I would try to hide in the corner in an NBA game because I, I, I can't skate to play in the NHL. There's no way I could do the I mean, I'm a big guy, but I don't think I could do two plays in the defensive line without just getting absolutely embarrassed. I think that I could get embarrassed, but somewhat less so in the NBA. So I think I would just like just go and stand somewhere and say, oh. hey. I'll play defense a little bit, and if you throw me the ball, I'll just pass it back because I won't shoot it. Oh, don't get me wrong. Hide in the corner. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be embarrassed on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm just saying I can play. I can do two or three snaps, and then that's it. Like, I mean, am I going to be embarrassed? More than likely, you know. However, you know, I I think I could, depending on the team, like I could probably get past somebody on the Jaguars line. No, you can't. This uh, this text says most teams have three catchers. Think about when a team has two guys throwing at the same time in the bullpen. Those those bullpen catchers are not on the roster. Uh, and they cannot play in the game. Most teams have two active catchers at all times. Uh, some teams do have three occasionally, but it's just kind of a it's a wasted roster spot because you very rarely will need three. So just trust me when I say this. I've watched a lot of baseball. It's always the emergency catcher is like the second baseman who caught in high school and college. That's the emergency catcher. Or he came in as a catcher and switched, posi- switched positions. That's kind of how that goes. All right, let's break. It's Hater to Love at Time next. This is uh, Sports Sunday on the fan. Here's Jesse with sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Rashad won last week, correct? Yes, he uh, did. I think so. Um, all right. What do you got for us today, Jesse? Who's going first today? Oh. Well, we're going we to alternate it, right? Yeah. So I'll go first first. Sounds good. Mike's going first first. First first first. Uh, first first. Um... All right. Well, stick with the, we'll go to the NFL. Then maybe we'll go to the NBA and then we'll maybe go back to the NFL again. Okay. All right. All right. So, we're going to start in the AFC East where the Buffalo Bills are a rising power. Made the playoffs for like what the I mean like 
first time in a while, you know? Yeah. You Made know? it a couple years ago with yeah. Turok. Yeah. Two times in the last three or four years, right? I think it's their first, like, 10 win season in, like, 20 years or something like that. It's It's been absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, with that said, the uh, rising power of the Buffalo Bills are on the rise. The uh, power that has been the New England Patriots are on the downfall. Love or hate, the Buffalo Bills will win the AFC East next season. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Wow. Well, obviously, a lot of that depends on Tom Brady's decision. It really does. But, um, you know what? I'm going to say hate, and that's just because I believe in the power of Bill Belichick, and I believe in the power of the Patriots. If Tom Brady leaves, I think they'll find a good enough quarterback that they will put into that system and they'll still have a good team and they'll find the right guys that'll fit into that team. And they know what they need to improve offensively from last year because there were a lot of issues offensively last year with that team um, that I still think they'll be the the team to beat in the division. I think the Bills are certainly a, a quote unquote rising power. Um, I don't love Josh Allen. I think he has a lot of work to do to improve at the quarterback position in terms of throwing the football, but he's shown signs of being able to improve more than I expected him to show. Um, but I mean, do I choose Bill Belichick or McDermott? I choose Bill Belichick. Um, do I choose the ownership in New England or the ownership in Buffalo? I choose the ownership in New England, even though Buffalo has been doing better lately as well in that sense. Uh, so Pats will win still hate. <clears throat> it's really hard to answer this question just because free agency uh, and draft. Yeah. You know, yet. and like, like Lynn said, so much of this really, uh, hinges on, uh, what Brady's decision is going to be here in a little bit. But honestly, uh, I've got to love it, man. Uh, if you look at the AFC East, they've been primed for somebody to kind of take over for a little bit. It's been Patriots or Bust for the last little bit. Sean McDermott this past year got them playing some really good football. You've All of a sudden, Josh Allen, who looked like a complete bust last year, didn't look like as much of a bust this year. Looked like a much better player. We had some issues. I know we talked about John Brown was a guy that got bought up a lot and fantasy questions, and we always had questions about John Brown and if he's going to be able to do this and that. Man, quietly this year, he had over 1,000 yards receiving, and he had uh, and only had six touchdowns, but sometimes, you know, you look at the production as far as yards. I look at this Bills defense and say, there's a lot to be happy about, and there's a lot that you could actually like between Trenton Murphy and Corey Thompson and some other guys that are on this defense can make some things happen. That's really where their strength is. We continue to talk about these great quarterbacks that have been able to come out and be dominant in their careers, but a lot of which is because they start with great defense. You just look at Russell Wilson in Seattle. You look at what Tom Brady had to start with in New England. You look at what Roethlisberger had to start with in Pittsburgh. They weren't asked to do a whole bunch at first, but as time progressed, they grew into these phenomenal quarterbacks while being able to lead an offense because their defense was able to do everything up front. I see a lot of that with Josh Allen and the Bills, so I think the Patriots are... We're on our decline. Again, a lot of this hinges on what Brady does, but I think they're right there in the waiting in the wings would be uh, the leaders of the NFC East. Or AFC East, excuse me. All right. Rock on. Move along. Like I said, we'll go to the NBA next. All right. Uh, Those uh, pesky trailblazers getting swept. Oh, see, you were good until you said trailblazers and don't want to talk about Yeah, no, we got, we, I mean, well, this is one of those things. They're depressing. The trailblazers. They we've give been, anxiety. We've been saying here on the show, embrace the suck or, you know, just, just, Go ahead. Go with it. Roll, like, come up with excuses. Sit Damian Lillard. But we all know, right, the Blazers aren't going to do that. That's just that's just not going to happen. It's not it's not the Blazers. Unless style. the Lillard injury is worse than we it, think. It, unless it is worse than it. I mean, oh, yes. Uh, with that said, we have we've seen Portland in this position before. A few games out of the eighth seed. You know, prime ready right after the, the NBA All-Star break to make that push. Love or hate. The Portland Trailblazers secure the eighth seed and make the playoffs. Hey, uh, it's 
pretty easy. Uh, the Blazers at this point are just not a good team. Without certain guys on the floor, they they look like a G League team at certain points. Man, CJ McCollum is a great player, a really good player, but is kind of leaps and bounds away from being a great player. And I think whenever you you every great team needs at least two of those great players. Nurkic has been out for most of the year. We haven't heard anything about when he'll even be back. You know, we we don't know what we're going to get back from uh, Zach Collins. Like, there's a lot of question marks about the Blazers. And at this point, you're three and a half games, three games back from, uh, four games back from uh, Memphis at this point, who's playing amazing. Man, John Morant, arguably rookie of the year right now. And you got other teams in front of you that are just play, playing really good basketball. The Dallas Mavericks, once they get Luka really at full strength, man, they're still better than the Blazers right now. Oklahoma City with Chris Paul has them playing a whole different brand of basketball. Man, they're better than the Blazers right now. Obviously, Utah being the Achilles heel for the Blazers over the past couple of years, they're better. Houston's better. All these teams in front of the Blazers are not arguably better. They are better than the Blazers. And so right now, without Damian Lillard, without some of the pieces you have, they're not able to compete for that fourth, for that eighth spot. I'm also going to hate as well. Um, the the four games against the Pelicans to me are is proof in the pudding right there that the teams around them, the Blazers cannot compete. Absolutely. And the only thing that uh, allowed them to compete with the teams above them was Damian Lillard going absolutely nuclear in that ge- stretch of games where he hit 50, 60, 60, 50, 40, 40 every single game. Because remember, they beat really good teams in that stretch. They beat the Jazz, they beat the Lakers, they beat a bunch of good teams. Um, but since Lillard cooled off a little bit they started losing again there's only so much he can do when the team around him isn't isn't contributing and those two games against memphis and new orleans before the break and this game against new orleans after the break that's all the proof i need that this is the team that the blazers are they are an outside the playoffs team who is going to finish with the 10 11 seed they should finish lower because they should embrace the suck and lillard should take longer to come back from his groin injury so hate they will not make the playoffs all right uh moving on to the final question uh, we have the uh, NFL uh, PA, you know, in the NFL trying to come up to an agreement. 17-game season, extra game to the playoffs. The extra game to the playoffs is what really has me kind of intrigued. It could be good. Extra team in the playoffs? Or, yeah, mean? extra team for both for both the AFC and uh, NFC, which would be an extra game, right? Um, because you don't have the... Uh, extra team on the bye, uh, which, like I said, I think it could be good. It, it could be bad. One thing I've always thought about the NFL is it's had the best playoffs of all of the sports. Love or hate, adding two more teams to the NFL playoffs will ruin what many view as the best week of football, the wild card round. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say hate. I, don't, I think it would improve it greatly. Uh, that's what I said in the segment before. It gives you six games to watch on that weekend, not four. So you're glued to your television screens the entire weekend. And I don't think that last team in is going to be that bad that often. Of course, there will be years where there's a team that's seven and nine as a dud that makes it in. That's just how it's going to happen. But like we said last year, the nine and seven Rams would have made the playoffs last year in the NFC and would have had a game against the Packers in the first round. That's a good game. The Super Bowl losing team from the year before would have been in the playoffs after an inconsistent year, but they would have gotten themselves to a point to make it. And you could say the same thing about the team in the AFC. It's good storylines. It adds more storylines. The Steelers lose Ben Roethlisberger in week one. They're using Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, and there's a there's a guy getting hit in the head with a helmet by Miles Garrett, and there's just storylines abound. And, oh, Mike Tomlin's doing the best coaching job of his career. I think it does nothing to hurt. I think it does everything to help the NFL continue to have. I still think baseball is better playoffs. That's just me personally. But consider to have the most popular playoffs among all uh, sports fans. So uh, hate that it would ruin it. Um. I love that it would ruin it. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of rewarding mediocrity. So now you're talking about an 8-8 eight eight team 
a nine and seven team limping their way into the playoffs and you know that in some cases possibly even a seven and nine team in some cases that might make it all the way to the playoffs a team that's not supposed to make it that far i don't like the, i love the idea of having four games on the weekend i know i get two on saturday two on sunday it's the perfect amount to be able to be all in for those games you're going to tell me i'm going to have to watch or, or stomach uh, a nine and seven team or a possibly eight and eight team play somebody else that and, and maybe get blown out of the water that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun i think it takes away from the the hard work you actually have to get to get to the playoffs. I think it takes away from uh, all the teams that really work to get a double-digit win season and stuff like that to just reward a team at 9-7 and seven who can make – and football is a game of runs. We've seen 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight teams go all the way to the Super Bowl, but I don't think we can ever say that team has been the best – it was the best team in football at that, at that point. So I'd like to see the best teams from the whole season, not just from ones that played a half a season and then were good. So I don't like the idea of two. I think it would be all right. Tallied it up. Our winner today. I think it's two in a row for Rashad Taylor. Oh, it's three in a row. Oh, three in a row. Yeah, I won, I won the first week. Woo! I am a, there's rolls, and then there's what I'm on. I don't know what it is, but it's awesome. I felt like I did pretty good today, too. That, was, that awesome must have been today. an impressive win. I like this whole back and forth thing to where it makes nobody it a has easier. to. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody has to go uh, second every time. Okay, uh, coming back. We had something we were talking about, right? Was it the Blazers? We, we, we may have, as well. We have yet to talk about them. We may as well. They were on the docket, but clearly I'd let them go by the wayside. We may So as you well. can choose what you want to talk about. That's it's your segment. Well, Damian Lillard's hurt, and the Blazers you want to are talk still about, playing basketball. If you want to talk about boobs, you can talk about boobs. Like for a whole four minutes, seven minutes? You can do whatever you want. I don't think I want to talk about boobs for seven minutes. All but right. we I'm can't talk about you, the... It's your segment. We can't talk about another B word, and that's the Blazers. Coming up next in the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Glorious. All right, man. 10.49, that means we have about, what, what is the clock say? Seven minutes, six minutes? Depends how many promos Jesse puts in because the last break doesn't really exist. <laughs> okay. So well, we got plenty good. of time if you want, but uh, about five-ish minutes. That's what you got. Well, yeah. we have plenty of time. The Blazers do not. They are running out of daylight. Um, season's drawing nigh. Still no word on Nurkic as far as when he'll yeah, be back. Ever since that calf injury, I don't think he's practiced. He yeah, has, like, right. A calf strain. Yeah. So, and remember and last time. Very we, secretive about it. Last time we've heard of somebody with a calf strain. It was Kevin Durant, and then after that, he tore his Achilles. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm hoping that isn't the case, especially after the Rodney Hood situation and him, losing him to an Achilles, uh, losing your best defender, obviously, in Zach Collins with the shoulder injury. Again, no real word about that. You know, their Blazers are being really hush hush about where the team is, and for me, that's that's not that's kind of unsettling. Just because I I would like for them to. It sounds like they're not sure when Nurkic is going to be back. Sound like they're not well, really sure when Collins is going to be back. I also wonder if they're playing their cards close to the chest because, or close to the vest, is because they they don't know where the season's going. So if they see the season goes down the tubes, they go, Nurk, you're out for the rest of the year. Zach, you're out for the rest of the year. Let's get you fully healthy. Let's not risk anything, right? But if they're in the playoff hunt, then maybe that's where they say, oh, well, you know, he's, he's improving and he's ready to go and see if it gives you that extra push. I think that's probably why they're being so kind of in the middle on the fence about it. But, I mean, for me, and we've talked about this, so you embrace the suck. 
just let them rest for the whole year. I mean, Nurkic went through a devastating leg break. Yeah. And Collins had a labrum tear. I mean, these are really serious injuries for players. Um, there's also a rumor that maybe Nurk is having some trouble trusting his leg after the break, which I understand, right? There's a big mental gap you have to get through as well. Um, and maybe he overcompensated and hurt his calf because he was, you know, using one leg more than the other, which is possible. That happens frequently with athletes mm -hmm. or even, hell, regular people who, like, run and have a slight injury. Mm -hmm. Overcompensate. Up. Oh, there's another injury. Up. Oh, there's another injury. Um, I can see that being the case, too. But if they embrace the suck, then, yeah, just let them sit. They don't need to no, come back. I, I think that's where you are right now. You, you look at your you look at your schedule. Uh, you look at your season and where you've been. Even before all the major injuries outside of college, like you, you weren't in the, the best place as a basketball team. And so now I, I I'm, I'm with you guys. I say it's time to embrace the suck. Like you know that con considering where you are now, you're probably going to be within that lottery range between anywhere between you know five to thirteen. 5 to 13 14 and i say anything between 5 and 9 helps yeah. you know you get a you get a 5th to to ninth round or ninth uh, pick in the draft I, I i think you're that would help the blazers tremendously but nothing helps you know it doesn't help them the 14th pick the the 30th pick not to say that can't be a good player the, the type because, of pick they always get when they don't make the playoffs because we've seen guys like devin booker get picked up with the 13th overall pick you know so not to say that can't work you know but we picked up cj McCollum with the 11th overall pick so it's not to say that those picks can't you know work out or whatever but that's just not what you if you're trying to improve now you do it through the draft we've talked about this free agency is not really the way to go but the Blazers currently sit at 25 and 32 the teams that are under them is San Antonio Pelicans Kings um Suns Timberwolves Warriors how many games back or ahead of like the third worst record are they because the Warriors are way bad and the then... Warriors are terrible the Warriors and then after that after the Warriors it's the Cavaliers no, I'm talking. I'm just talking in the West. In the Western Conference. Oh, the Warriors have they're pretty bad. The Warriors are 31 games back from the Lakers. Okay. Uh, the Blazers are only 18 and a half. So the Warriors are clearly going to be in the in the mix to get that number one pick. And I think they get like another top draft pick for the Warriors. So they're retooling all the right ways, you know. So the Blazers just let Dame sit for the for the rest of the of the year, man. Make up an injury for CJ. Let him sit the rest of the year. Yeah, right now, this is the question. I, I looked it up. The, they're only one and a half games ahead of the Suns, the Blazers are. Yes. One and a half. Game, so if they decide to lose, they're not going to catch the T-Wolves and the Warriors. No. They're eight games above the T-Wolves and 13 games above the Warriors. They will be the third worst team in the West if they try, right? If they actually, if they pull the shoot and say, okay, it's time to tank or it's time to, to, to lose some games, they could be the third worst team in the West. And that would make them right about in that range, the five to 10 range, because there's a lot of bad teams in the East. Um, that's right now at this point in the season, that's preferable. And I, I've always been someone who's trended in that direction when I think about building an NBA team, because being the eight seed doesn't do a lot for you outside of just making you some playoff money and building excitement for the fans. But you're not beating the Lakers in the first round, man. No, you're not. It's not happening. So go get that high pick, get healthy next year, everyone's back, and then all of a sudden you should be considered a potential second, third round playoff team again because you just were with a healthy team. Make some moves that help the team. This year was kind of a kind of a bad year for Neil O'Shea in terms of bringing in the right guys, but you know, make make some moves that help the bought team. Bought in Mello. Mello's been a been a, a bright spot, you know, been able to kind of revamp his career. You bought in Trevor Ariza. I just think it was too late. You know, by that time the 
The wheels had already fallen off, and yeah, it was too Bayes, late. Moore, Tolliver, Whiteside stuff yeah. didn't really. Whiteside's numbers have been good, but he's been so inconsistent. Um, as we were warned by Heat fans, he will drive you insane. He has driven Blazer fans insane. Um, not the best moves, and just reset next year with the fully healthy team, and let's go that way. So, so that's usually where I fall if it's on the border, and that's where we are. We're on the border. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11 a.m. With uh, more things to talk about. I'm sure there'll be no more news that breaks. We'll maybe have the new CBA. Maybe there'll be more baseball stuff. Maybe we'll be more Blazer stuff. Who knows? We'll get to it all next week, 9 to 11. And uh, have a very good Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.